Hey moms, uh, welcome. Today I'm going to be talking about a few vitamins and minerals that we have found uh, consistently important to have as part of our daily life, along with some simple home remedies for dealing with common illnesses. Now, before I dive in, I want to update you all that listen to my podcast. Um, I planned to take a sabbatical, and really I have been, especially with this quarantine in place, but every now and then God lays something on my heart to share, and um, I feel I still feel like I'm getting a break from the have-to part of it, the pressure to have a podcast every week, but I am just following the Lord's lead. Um, every week I share an image with the podcast countdown of the week. That's what I'm doing right now is a podcast countdown, 10 top favorite of all time. And I share that on social media every week and it directs you to which podcast is the next most popular. So if you aren't following me on Facebook or Instagram, I encourage you to do that. I'm Dorenda Wilson on Facebook, obviously, for those of you who are watching on Facebook and at Dorenda Lee Wilson on Instagram. So I would love for you to follow me. Also, check out my website where I share all the latest podcasts and things that I've written to encourage moms. Um, If you subscribe, you will receive a free little book of encouragement for homeschooling moms. So just go to DorendaWilson.com and wait for the pop-up. I would love for you to subscribe there. I promise I will not overfill your email box. I hate it when that happens. So, um, I am just about, you know, popping something in there about once a week, sometimes twice. Usually it's a podcast. Um, So go ahead and subscribe, get that freebie. Um, I would love for you to join me there. So um, one of the reasons that I decided to do this is because uh, there is so much information out there and I am not going to pretend to be a doctor. I just know what's worked for our family in lots of different situations, things that didn't cost a lot of money, things that have helped keep our kids healthy and strong. And I think we all want to do that as moms. We want, we are laying a foundation for our kids' health as adults right now while they're at home. And we actually have some kind of control over what they eat and what they take in. And we can actually build their bodies up to resist things like this coronavirus that's out there. I am not worried at all about my family because I know they're healthy and I know that they can fight things off and we know how to take steps to help our bodies fight things off. And so I'm going to share some of those things with you today. Um, Like I said, I'm not a doctor and this is not an exhaustive study by any means. This is just an older mom, talking and sharing what I know from being just a little bit further down the road. So uh, bear that in mind as I dive in to talk about uh, the the vitamins, first of all. So if you um, don't know anything about vitamin A, so this is not something that we have taken as a supplement, but it is a really important thing to have in your diet, especially with your food. You can get a lot of it in your food. Now, I forgot to to make a list of the foods that have each of these vitamins in it that I'm going to be talking about. I challenge you to go look that up because it's really fascinating. Food, whole food, food that God made is full of all kinds of very absorbable vitamins. That is actually the best way to get your vitamins is in your food. Now, granted, with um, depletion of soil and things like that, we don't have as much of that in our food as we used to. But if you grow your own garden, 
you definitely can have that. If you're using non-GMO seeds, like I talked about last week, you can definitely do that. If you didn't listen to last week's podcast, I really had to go through pretty quickly. It was a Facebook Live and a podcast. I talked about a lot. There was a lot of information, but it was... Fairly simple and straightforward about food, how to source good food, what uh, what what a good family diet might look like, um, some of the different things we can add and do to our food to help make it more uh, nutritious. And so all of that's shared in that Facebook Live. You can either find it on my Facebook page or you can find it on the podcast, which again is at my website or the platforms that I mentioned earlier. All right, so... Vitamin A is not a water-soluble vitamin, which means you can overdose on it and actually damage your liver and organs. I think it's mainly your liver if you have too much of it. But vitamin A is really important to build your immune system to fight things off, sicknesses off especially. Um, it is naturally present in a lot of foods. Again, I forgot to do that 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 list, but it is important for normal vision for the immune system, and for reproduction. It also helps the heart, the lungs, the kidneys, and other organs to work properly. So vitamin A is important, but again, you can overdose on it, so be careful with it. I would shoot for trying to get most of it out of your food, if at all possible. So go look up a list. You know, I could even do that right now. It's very simple. Um, Foods, um, oops, Foods uh, high high in vitamin A. Okay, so let's look. I'm sure there's a list that's going to pop right up, and here we go. 20 foods that are high in vitamin A. I'll just rattle some off for you right now so um, you can get a quick feel for what those might be. Beef liver, well, yeah, that's everybody's favorite, right? I think we can maybe skip that one. Uh, Lamb liver, same thing, liver sausage. Clearly, liver is a good thing if you are getting it from grass-fed, pasture-fed animals, okay? Uh, Cod liver oil, again, you're gonna wanna watch your sources on that because um, you need a really clean oil. One of my favorites is... um, Oh gosh, Nordic Naturals. That is one of my favorites. I will jot that down and make sure that I share that in the podcast notes. That's a really good source of oils. Um, Whether it's uh, uh, liver oil or um, some of the other fish oil combinations that you can get. King mackerel, salmon, bluefin tuna, goose liver pate. Well, yeah, that's my kids are going to love that, right? I think we'll skip number eight. Goat cheese. Yes, I eat a lot of goat cheese. Uh, Butter. Limburger cheese, another favorite. I think we can skip that one. Cheddar, um, Roquefort cheese, hard-boiled eggs, trout, blue cheese, cream cheese, feta cheese. Okay, so it's looking like there's actually quite a bit of vitamin A in some of the different cheeses, so that's really good to know. So you can do the same thing that I just did and just go ahead and... um, you know, search that out. Okay, so we're going to move on to vitamin B. Now, this is a really interesting vitamin because it is absolutely essential. Those of us who have had kids, we know they say folic acid, got to have that folic acid. Well, it turns out that folic acid can actually do more harm than good. You want folate. That is what you really want. That is the most absorbable type of folic acid. But again, with vitamin B, you uh, really... uh, uh, what you really want is a uh, 
complex, vitamin B complex. So vitamin, uh, B vitamins work better together. So if you combine them into a complex, um, they actually help each other be more uh absorb a lot better, okay? So here's one thing that I noticed over the years is that when I would take a B-complex, a lot of times I didn't feel very well and I couldn't figure out why. So I kind of just tended to stay away from it. This is one thing we have to learn to do and that's to listen to our bodies because they do. Te- it does tell us some things. What I didn't know then all those years ago was that I have a genetic mutation called MTHFR. Yes, those are horrible letters. <laughs> for a genetic mutation. But MTHFR is actually a genetic mutation that as many as 30 to 50% of the peop- of the population have and don't know it. And what that means for you, if you have it, is that you don't absorb B vitamins in the typical form very well. In fact, they can be somewhat toxic to your system. So you want a methylated version of that. So methylated B vitamins are what I ended up having to take. I take a sublingual. I will share the brand. Again, I'm not selling anything. I'm not making anything on any of this. I'm just sharing the resources because they've been super helpful to me. So if you know that you have MTHFR or or suspect of it, um, you can get tested for it if you want to. I think you can do a lab test online and then go into a local lab. So I've done that before where I've done my own testing. Um, I didn't with this particular thing, but finding that out can be really helpful, especially if you are planning on becoming pregnant. Um, It's really important to know these things because we all know that lack of folate in our diet um, when we're pregnant or uh, if we don't have a good buildup in it when we get pregnant can cause um, spina bifida, it can cause um, different um, abnormalities in our babies. So we want to make sure that we are getting B vitamins. Here's the thing with B vitamins. They are so important when it comes to stress. Um, let me just first explain what's in a B complex really quickly before I explain the other things. So B1 is thiamine, B2 is riboflavin, B3 is niacin, B5 is panathenic acid, B6 is pyridoxine, B7 is biotin, B9 is folic acid, and B12 is cobalamin. And so you can get methylated versions of B6 and B12 combined together. That's what I get in a um, sublingual, and they work really well together. So each of these... Um, Essential B vitamins contribute to your overall bodily function. So B vitamins are super important. If you're under a lot of stress, you need to have B vitamins. Um, re, let's see. So we're going to talk a little bit more about how these new nutrients benefit you, how much you need, and whether you should take supplements and more. Now, the older I get, the more I know that I need to supplement my diet. It depends on how much whole food you're eating and where you're sourcing it from. If you're growing a lot of your own food and you're using non-GMO seeds and you're growing them without pesticides and stuff, you are probably getting a lot of the minerals and vitamins that you need. Um, But B vitamins play a vital role in maintaining good health and well-being. So they're like building blocks of a healthy body. They have a direct impact on your energy levels, your brain function, and your cell metabolism. So those that's a big deal. Um, vitamin B complex helps prevent infections and also helps support and promote these things. Cell growth, growth of red blood cells, energy levels, good eyesight, 
healthy brain function, good digestion, healthy appetite, proper nerve function, hormones and cholesterol production, cardiovascular health, and muscle tone. So you can, you can see B vitamins are absolutely essential. Like I said, especially for women who are pregnant and breastfeeding, um, because these vitamins aid in fetal brain development and reduce the risk of birth defects. Um, they also boost energy levels, ease nausea if you're pregnant, and lower the risk of developing preeclampsia. So these are all, that's a big deal, you guys. So B vitamins, definitely a must. Now let's move on to vitamin C. So vitamin C is also known as, known as ascorbic acid. It is necessary for the growth, development, and repair of all your body tissues. Um, it is involved in so many body functions. This is a water-soluble vitamin. So you can take a lot of this, and it's um, actually um, fine. You will know when you have hit your limit when you get diarrhea. <laughs> I actually have to take a lot of vitamin C to get to that point. I take between five and 6,000, um, whatever it is, I think it's milligrams per day. Um, if you are uh, struggling with adrenal function, um, uh, uh, vitamin C is essential. It's one of the building blocks, one of the things you really, really need if you're struggling, if your adrenals are struggling. So... Um, it's also necessary for the growth, development, and repair of all body tissues. It's involved in many body functions, including, including the formation of collagen. We've heard a lot about collagen as of late, right? Absorption of iron. So in order to absorb iron, we have to have enough vitamin C in our body. So if you're anemic and you're taking iron, you need to take vitamin C with it to help it absorb. I personally like uh, the liquid vitamin C. Um, let me grab my paper. I will share, um, sorry, my lawn mowing guy is out there. I hope you can't hear him. <laughs> All right, so I will share the iron that I like to take. It's, it's, a, it's a liquid and it's got vitamin C in it and it's really um, absorb, it absorbs very, very well. Um, the one thing I will tell you that it will turn your teeth gray. So you have to make sure that you're, you know, rinsing afterwards and maybe even brushing. So, um, the other thing that vitamin C is super important for the immune system, wound healing, and the maintenance of cartilage, bones, and teeth. So you can see it's kind of a multi-functioning, um, a multi-functioning vitamin, now, there are many forms of vitamin C. Hope is asking about the difference between that and sodium ascorbate. There are, like I said, different forms of vitamin C. I use what's called a lipsomal, which is supposed to be, I will also put that in the podcast notes, um, is the most absorbable form. Um, I read a little explanation as to why um, but I failed to copy and paste it and put it in here. <laughs> but I get mine on Amazon and I buy that, like I said, I buy the Lipsomal because it is the most absorbable. Um, actually, I have the link in here. So I will share the link um, as to what makes it more absorbable so you can read it yourself. All right, so... Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to talk more about vitamin C in a minute, but let's go on to vitamin D. So one thing that I didn't realize years ago is that when you take vitamin D, you need to take it with vitamin K if you want it to absorb 
well. So vitamin D, we all know we've heard a lot about vitamin D um, over the last several years. As you get older, it is more difficult to sustain a healthy level of vitamin D. I think it's part of the reason a lot of older people move somewhere where the sun is because um, they just need more of it. They're less depressed. They, they struggle less with um, that seasonal affective disorder. If that's something you have, really encourage you to, to check your vitamin D levels. You can probably do that. Like I said, get online. Um, you can just Google order online testing for a local lab. We have LabCorp here. And so I can get on and I can order um, a lot of the basic testing myself. So I don't have to go into the doctor's office and I can just know for myself how I'm doing. Um, so vitamin D fights disease, reduces depression. It also helps with, uh, it, it can help with losing weight. Apparently it, it suppresses the appetite. It can suppress the appetite. I don't know if that works for everybody, but that is one of the benefits of it. Um, there's a whole lot of research on vitamin D if you want to go deeper into it. Um, honestly, lack of vitamin D ha- leads to a lot of autoimmune disorders and things like that, um, a lot of different diseases. So you really want to stay on top of that vitamin D level. Now, the doctor's office will tell you that a normal range is 20 to, I don't even know what they say, 20 to 100, right? Well, can I just say, if you're down in, even in the 50s and certainly in the 40s, 30s, or 20s. I don't care if the doctor says that's normal range. That is too low. You want to get your vitamin D levels up into preferably into the 70s, 80s, or 90s, okay? And how I do that, I'm 52, so I have to take more vitamin D. In the wintertime, I alternate 5,000 one day and 10,000 the next day. And I go back and forth with that because I need it. I can't keep my D levels up unless I take that much, especially the older I get. So you need to take pretty copious amounts if you want to um, really get that D level up. You know, I have a friend who did not know she was vitamin D deficient while she was pregnant. And when her baby was a few months old, he ended up having rickets because um, he had he had started having seizures. It was absolutely frightening. She had no idea her vitamin D levels were that low. So it's really, really important. Again, especially if you're thinking about becoming pregnant or you are pregnant, you want to make sure that your vitamin D levels are up. So uh, many factors can actually affect your ability to get sufficient amounts of vitamin D through the sun alone, okay? When you're younger, it's more likely, kids are more likely to be able to get that from being outside as long as they are actually outside. Now, in the winter, you might have to supplement a little bit for them because they're not outside as much. So some of these factors that affect our ability to get sufficient amounts of vitamin D are being in an area with high pollution, okay? So big cities, you you know if you live in a place with high pollution, using sunscreen because that blocks your ability to absorb the vitamin D. Spending more time indoors happens in the wintertime. Living in big cities where buildings block the sunlight. You really want to get your face and this part of your body, uh, your this part of your skin, 
out into the sun, okay? And, and you know, if you're fair-skinned, you're going to want to do that carefully because you don't want to fry yourself. Um, I am darker-skinned, so I can be out there. And But the, the downside is that having darker skin means I have higher levels of melanin and the less vitamin D I can absorb. That's probably why I need part of, another reason I need to take so much vitamin D in the winter. So you know your own skin type. You know that you might need to be taking more than the average bear, okay? So vitamin D with vitamin K in it. You can get that online. I'm going to, I'll just turn you on to the uh, vitamin D that I use. Um, And sometimes I switch, (coughs) excuse me, I switch brands (coughs) because one brand isn't available. One thing that's super important, if at all possible, you want to get your vitamins in a whole food form, okay? Meaning um, it's food-based vitamins because those, you know, makes sense. Like God created food with our vitamins in it. It makes sense that that food would be where we would best absorb most of the vitamins because that food was made for us, okay? So the stuff that's made in the lab is, is okay if that's all you can get that's fine. Just make sure it's a, a reputable company that doesn't add a whole bunch of junk to it. Um, but if you can get a whole f- a food-based vitamin, that is your best bet. And also organic. Make sure it's sourced well um, because that is huge. Because you're getting concentrated amounts of it, you want to be sure that you're not getting concentrated amounts of sprayed vegetables and fruits and foods that are going into those capsules, all right? So let's finish talking about vitamin D really quickly here. Um, So I'm just going to describe a few deficiencies, symptoms of a vitamin D deficient adult, okay? Tiredness, aches, and pains, and just a general sense of not feeling well. Severe bone or muscle pain or weakness that may cause difficulty climbing stairs or getting up from the floor or a low chair or cause you to walk with a waddling gait. Pregnant women, you do not count. If you're pregnant and waddling, I it very well may not be from the vitamin D deficiency. <laughs> also, stress fractures, especially in your legs, pelvis, and hips. So that's something uh, to consider and to think about. All right. So... Um, I talked about last week about probiotics, but I want to mention that again because probiotics are super helpful to help you keep from getting sick. So I'm going to, I'm going to move into talking about some of the, uh, well, first some of the minerals that have been helpful to us, but then also uh, some of the simple home remedies that we have used um, successfully over the years for common illnesses at home. And what I love is that they're simple, right? We do not need to spend a lot of money, you guys. It's just having these things ready and understanding how to use them. Um, And trusting in the body's ability to heal itself. I think this is something we've really lost touch with. God created us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Our bodies, because, you know, our cells are always reproducing our bodies are capable of healing themselves. So what we want to do is we want to encourage cell production. 
One of the ways we do that is what I talked about last week with eating healthy food, not eating crap, not eating a bunch of sugar, staying away from processed foods, too many grains, sticking to vegetables, fruits, the things that God made, grass-fed meat, um, pasture pastured eggs, you know, all of those things encourage cell production. I used to tell our kids all the time, okay, you guys, when you're getting sick, this is what needs to happen. Um, I would tell the boys, you've got little soldiers in your body that are trying to fight off sicknesses. And if you give yourself sugar and crap, you are essentially taking those weapons away from your little army and they're not going to be able to fight off the enemy. Well, that, you know, that just did it for them. (laughs) So it's important to speak their language, right? All right. So let's talk really quickly about minerals. Well, before I do that, Last quick comment about vitamins. Don't overdo vitamins in your children. I think sometimes we forget their bodies are a lot more pure. Unless you know that they're really needing um, a, a supplement for whatever reason, you know your kid better than I do. You know, our son went through a lot uh, when he was first born, had open heart surgery and all kinds of antibiotics and painkillers and all kinds of stuff. So I felt like he really needed more of that type of thing. So we made sure that he had that. But we need to understand if we're feeding our kids a halfway decent diet, um, they're getting a lot from their food and you don't want to toxify their liver with uh, too many supplements. So we don't want to overdo it with our kids, especially the younger they are. I think when they get into the teen years and their bodies are growing so quickly and the hormones are changing, it's not a bad idea to get like a teen supplement that gives them some extra B vitamins and Um, Because their bodies get a little stressed trying to do all that work they're trying to do. And um, so that's something you can do a little more research on. But I I felt like it was um, something that was a good idea when they got into the teen years. And it was clear they were really growing fast. And they don't always want to eat right. So you kind of have to ride that line. Um, So probiotics. Really quickly, um, our daughter said, I haven't used these yet. Um, Our daughter says she uses a little probiotic spray that's like water. It tastes like water and she uses it with her small children um, to kind of, because, you know, we talked about last week how important probiotics are for gut health, prebiotics and probiotics. Um, So she does that to help them out. Obviously, they're not going to like something that has a weird taste. So what she gets is like a, a water spray thing. And I'll try to get that from her, not water spray. It, she said it tastes like water, but it's a probiotic spray. I'll try to add that into the podcast notes. Um, also, I forgot to mention last week, when you're, if you decide to take um, probiotics on a regular basis, make sure you switch them up because there are literally billions of different strains and your body can actually build up a resistance to some of them. And you want to make sure you're getting a good variety of probiotics and um, for really good, solid, balanced gut flora. All right, so let's talk real quickly about minerals. I don't have a lot to say about minerals because we really haven't camped out on those. I have friends who've really gotten into that and they've added a lot of minerals to their family's diet. Feel free, if you have found certain minerals to be super helpful, throw them in the comments here because I'm not really gonna expound too much on that. My uh, my biggest mineral that I love is magnesium. 
Um, honestly, I tend to be constipated, and that's one of the first reasons that I decided to start taking it. And then I realized there were a lot of other benefits that went along with it. It helps with calcium absorption. So whatever calcium you're getting in your food, your magnesium is going to help you absorb that better. Um, Some people do a magnesium and calcium combo. I just do the magnesium and try to eat um, a really healthy diet. Um, The other thing is it really helps with... um, anxiety. Uh, My daughter uses uh, magnesium lotion. That can actually kind of sting the skin a little bit depending on where you put it, but it's, uh, it's called Maggie Moo. I think that's what it's called. Maggie something. Maybe it's not Maggie Moo. I think that might be some sort of ice cream. (laughs) It's Maggie something. I will put that in the podcast notes, but it's a little pump and uh, you can just use it on your skin. Like I've used it before bed and it kind of helps relax you. I take magnesium before bed. It's very relaxing. And like I said, it helps keep you regular if you're struggling in that particular area. There are different kinds of magnesium. You might want to do a little research on which one works best for you. I like citrate because it actually does have that laxative effect. Other people prefer other types. I think oxide is the least helpful but I'm not entirely sure. Um, I've used also a brand called Pure, and that tends to not help keep you regular. So it's not my favorite brand for that particular thing, but it's very absorbable. So I'll include that in the podcast notes as well. So magnesium is needed for more than 300 biochemical reactions in the body. It helps to maintain normal nerve and muscle function. It supports a healthy immune system. It keeps the heartbeat steady and helps bones remain strong. It also helps adjust blood glucose levels. So if you struggle with that, that could be helpful to you. It aids in the production of energy and protein. So those are some of the benefits that magnesium provide. The other mineral that I want to mention is iodine. Now, um, a, a while back, people really got into sea salt and they found that people were beginning to lack in iron or in iodine, um, having thyroid problems because iodine actually, the body needs iodine to make thyroid hormones. So these hormones control the body's metabolism and many other important functions. The body also needs thyroid hormones for proper bone and brain development during pregnancy and infancy. So iodine is very, very important. So what they found was either buy a sea salt that has iodine added back into it. I buy a pink Himalayan sea salt because I like all those minerals in there. And that is a really easy way to get more minerals into your family's diet is just to use a pink Himalayan sea salt. Now, I'm not sure that there's iodine in there, so I mix it with some uh, iodized table salt just to make sure we're getting some iodine into our diet. So again, iodine is really important. Some people even take iodine drops if you're really low in that. Um, I would say check to be sure before you start supplementing with something like that um, to that degree. Okay, so let's talk about sickness. Um, it sucks. It sucks when your kids start getting sick, right? And when we had eight kids at home, one goes down, they all go down, right? And you know that you could be in for weeks on end. 
So I needed an arsenal. Um, and so that's why I really dove into, that's one of the reasons, you know what it is. It's, you know, what is it? Necessity is the mother of invention, right? I had to figure this out. I needed to know how can I help my kids get better as soon as possible so we don't end up for these long periods of sickness, especially in the winter. Okay, so um, I before I go into the specifics, I want to encourage you guys to make sure your kids get fresh air every Day. This is so important. Even in the wintertime, being out in the cold and in the different elements actually helps build their immune system. Also, it helps moms with their mental health, right? <laughs> I sent my kids out regularly every afternoon because they needed it and I needed it. Now, my kids were really, really healthy. And I think part of that was because they spent a lot of time outside. So this is something that is part of building our kids' immune system. I have a podcast on why kids need to be outside. And it is awesome. So if you get a chance to, um, uh, to check that out, I'm jotting this down. Um, I'll include that link in the podcast notes as well. They do need to be outside. They need fresh air. Okay, so let's talk about sickness. The first thing we would do when our kids started, um, it started looking like or sounding like they were getting sick, they complained of a sore throat or they started sneezing, we cut sugar completely. No refined sugar at all. So this was a huge part of our fight against sickness because one teaspoon, one teaspoon of sugar um, suppresses your immune system for two to four hours after you eat it. So if you're out and about and you have sugar and then you, you know, stick your hand on your face or whatever, um, you have a lot higher chance of getting sick, right? And this is why in the Christmas time is terrible because we've got all this sugar out there and the kids are just, you know, doing this thing and 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 they're at, you know, they're in groups of people because we're going out and, you know, going to these different events and they're singing at different things and doing plays. And so it just gets to be kind of crazy. So we cut the sugar. Um, we also use elderberry syrup during cold and flu season. Now I learn to make it, um, I can include a link um, to that recipe for elderberry. I personally don't like to do that anymore because I only have two kids at home now. So I find a local homeschool mom who makes it and sells it and I buy it from her. And it's great because it supports her and it helps me and I don't have to spend the time making it. But if you want to save money, you can make it yourself and it's not that difficult. You have to kind of pay attention, but it's really not a hard thing to do. Um, my daughter makes gummies. So you can make those as well um, using gelatin and elderberry syrup and maybe honey or some other sweetener that isn't a refined sugar. Um, like I said, there's different versions of it. Some people make it with honey. Some people make it with vinegar. Um, I When I make it, I just make it straight without any sugar in it. So it's just the 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 juice or it's not even a syrup. It's like, it's watery. And you can put that in ice cube trays and freeze them and just pull them out as you need them. If it's, if it's flu season, I just had a little jar in the fridge and we would take a teaspoon to two teaspoons and stir it into our orange juice once or twice a day to help build our immune system. Um, 
it can be expensive if you're buying it. So one of the things that my uh, my daughter does is she she's home a lot with her little ones. They're five and three and eight months. And so when she's home during the week, she doesn't worry about giving it to them. But when she knows they're going to go out, especially if they're going to go to church on Sundays in the winter, she starts dosing her kids up around Friday or Saturday. And she does it through the weekend until Monday and then she quits. So it's really, um, it's very effective and you can use it and you can kind of ration it so you don't end up spending copious amounts of money, especially if you have a lot of kids and you don't want to make it yourself. Um, the other thing, again, we, we're all really aware of this now because of what's going on, but washing their hands on a regular basis. Our daughter's kids suck their thumbs, suck their fingers. So she makes sure she's washing hands on a regular basis. We had always had the kids wash their hands before they prepared food, wash their hands before a snack, wash their hands before they eat a meal. Um, just those measures help a ton. Or when we come home from being somewhere, we would make sure that everybody's hands were washed. Um, if we're out about and we go into a store, we get in the car and I would just hand sanitize everybody's hands um, before we even left the parking lot. Um, Also, clipping their fingernails. I don't know if you've ever seen those studies on, you know, after washing your hands, like your hands can be clean and under your nails, there can be so much grime and crud. And especially if your kids suck their thumbs or fingers, you don't want them, they're going to end up ingesting a lot more Uh, germs and being a lot more at risk for getting sick. So washing hands, clipping fingernails, sanitizing immediately after you leave a store. I'm not a fan of hand sanitizer. I think it's overused because I feel like um, one of the things that... uh, builds our kids' immune system is is sometimes just being exposed to stuff. You know, they their bodies need to learn to fight things off as well. So we don't want to overdo the hand sanitizer, but just within reason. So the thing I love about this kind of thinking is you don't have to freak out. Like you don't have to be um, stressed out about making sure your hands get their hands get washed every single time. Like if it doesn't happen, you just go, all right, well, maybe they're going to get their immune system built now, right? Other thing is sleep. When my kids started getting sick, um, make sure they go to bed extra early. Let them sleep in. Have them take a rest in the afternoon if they don't already. And keep the stress level down. I think one thing that we forget is that when we're doing a lot of running around, especially with small children, it stresses them out. We need to be aware of their stress level when they're starting to feel sick. And that all of this applies to us as well. But these are just common sense things that you can bear in mind um, that are, are helpful. They don't cost anything um, except for the elderberry. And, uh, you know, they're really, really effective. So let's talk about the stomach flu. It's icky. I hate it. That's like, that was always like my worst nightmare when they started throwing up. I can handle the sniffles. I can handle snot. I can handle coughing. It's not my favorite, but puking is really bad. Um, At one point, um, our kids went to a vacation Bible school in the summer and they came home and all of them were sick. There were seven of them. Five of them were barfing at the same time. So I lined them all up on the tile in my bathroom with sleeping bags and pails because it was just one after the other. So I'll never forget that. I mean, I laugh thinking about it now, but boy, it was something else back then. Um, 
So stomach flu. Now, with our 17-month-old at the time, um, I just nursed her exclusively and did not give her any food, and she never threw up. So it was awesome. She, um, you know, breast milk is super easy. That was an easy way to get her through the flu while I was dealing with the other kids. So the brat diet, you know, bananas, rice, applesauce, toast. Um, that's if they're if if they're hungry and it's seeming like they haven't thrown up in a while. So that kind of comes a little bit later when they're, you can, you can kind of test it out. You give them a little bit of banana or something or something to drink and they throw it back up. You know, you just need to stop. That's the body's way of saying, I don't want any food right now. I am going on a hiatus and trying to fight this thing off. So what did they say? Feed a cold, starve a fever. Okay. That's something different. Never mind. So one of the things you want to just be sure of is that they're getting enough hydration. So a water bottle close by that they can sip on. I would encourage a couple of teaspoons every 15 minutes to a half an hour if they can keep it down. Now, my daughter uses ginger kombucha. She lets them sip on that because it really has, because it's bubbly, it helps them kind of belch a little bit. It also has um, a lot of good... um, a fermentation. It has stuff, probiotics, things in it that's go- that are going to help the gut um, be able to fight off the bad bacteria. So that those are suggestions. Also, um, activated charcoal. So um, this is something you can buy at Walmart. Um, if your children are small, you can get online and find out how much to give them. But we, w- we just open a capsule, sprinkle a little bit in some applesauce and try to feed it to them. That really does wonders to calm the stomach down and keep everything from coming back up. And you do that a few times a day. The other one of my favorites is tummy tune-up. This is something I found at... Um, when everybody started getting sick, I could give this to them or if they just had an upset stomach. It has just these certain probiotics in it that really tend to calm the flu down, tend to calm that bug down and and be able to fight that yucky bacteria that's in their stomach when they're fighting that off. Okay, so then of course the brat diet, I mentioned that earlier, bananas, rice, applesauce, toast. Um, Those are really uh, the first things you want to introduce if your kids are saying they're hungry and it looks like they might be getting over um, over this. But de- um, obviously, your first concern is dehydration. If they're throwing up a lot, you want to make sure, try to keep them hydrated. So one to two teaspoons of um, water, depending on how old they are, um, one to two teaspoons of something. Don't give them sugary drinks. Give them water, water. Um, kombucha, like I mentioned. Um, I did sometimes do like a, uh, like a, like a seltzer water. You can do that with a little, little bit of fruit juice in it. Um, that's another option. So those are some things for the stomach flu. Um, let's move on to colds. I, um, Again, we're eliminating sugar. We're eliminating dairy because we just want to keep the mucus down, right? Um, one thing that we did, especially when the kids got older and could handle it, we bought cayenne pepper. Now, we don't buy the stuff on the shelf because anything 30,000 units or less, heat units or less, which is typically what's in um, 
a, a can of cayenne pepper that you find on the spice rack in the grocery store actually has a lot of toxins in it for some reason. So you want to amp up the heat units. You can get higher heat units on Amazon. I like Star West Botanicals. That's where I buy my elderberry, my elderberries, and I also buy my cayenne. Um, you can just put the tiniest little bit, literally an eighth of a teaspoon or less in some orange juice and stir it up and huck it down. And it burns like crazy. But what cayenne does is it brings oxygen. It brings blood flow. That's what that heat does is it starts getting everything, the blood circulating. And then those blood cells that come to cool down the area that's gotten hot bring oxygen and all kinds of healing to that spot. So nobody wants to put something hot on their throat when they're when they've got a sore throat, but this works wonders. Our kids would do that a couple of times a day for a couple of days, and typically it would really shorten the life of the sore throat and the cold. So the other thing is lots of vitamin C. Again, you want to amp up that vitamin C um, to help fight, um, to help build the immune system and fight off um, whatever colds are trying to get you. The thing that's great about vitamin C is it's an antioxidant. So that's a big reason it's super helpful. Another thing that we've used is red raspberry leaf tea. This is something I also got from Star West Botanicals. Um, love red raspberry leaf tea. There are, I believe it's over 40 different vitamins and minerals. It's something you could have every single day. If you are in the childbearing years, it strengthens the uterus. It strengthens the female organs. Um, it is just an amazing, amazing herb. And so I will make iced tea out of it in the summer because it's really refreshing. But you can also drink copious amounts of it when you are trying to fight something off like a cold. La um, zinc, that's another thing that's really good to have. Zinc really helps fight off colds. Um, can't give you an exact dosage because you'd have to look at look it up for the different ages, but it's super helpful. So also one of the best investments we ever made when it came to our kids getting colds and um, that kind of thing, a cool mist humidifier with a filter. And the way to make that sucker last and not break down over time is use distilled water in it. So we would use that to help break up the mucus, the chest stuff. I swore by a cool mist humidifier. It calms down coughing because it wets the, the throat down, wets all of that down so, so that they don't go into these coughing fits. Um, it helps just sort of loosen things up. So cool mist humidifier with a filter, use distilled water only. All right, so one little tip that I want to give you when you're giving your kids any kind of medication, whether you're giving them Tylenol or whether you're giving them something homeopathic or natural, you know, sometimes we buy, I like to buy the natural cough syrups, write, um, take a, a, a black Sharpie and write the ch each child's dosage on the bottle so that you can read it easily at night because I found that to be a struggle, trying to read that at night when I'm tired and the lighting is low. Just a little side tip. One of the things that the pharmacist told me in how to dose kids, you know, a lot of times you look at these labels and they say, 
um, under two consult a physician. Well, if it's the middle of the night, you don't have that option really. And your kid's running a fever. So I talked to a pharmacist about that and he was the most helpful. He said, um, you know, if it says two teaspoons for a two-year-old, you'd make it one teaspoon for a one-year-old, half a teaspoon for a six-month-old. So you just dose it down from the, the amount that's shown on the bottle, dose it down to approximately what age your child is. And I thought that was super helpful. Um, another thing, when you've got a baby with a chest cold, a bowl of steaming hot water with two teaspoons of dried rosemary or eucalyptus, um, you can set your baby on your lap to nurse, put a towel over your head and covering the bowl. So you're kind of making a little tent for for the baby. It's also really good for you too. But um, this can help them sort of nurse and calm down and breathe in some of that um, some of that helpful damp air. And then you can actually strain the rosemary off and let the baby even take some of the cooled liquid with an eyedropper or with a spoon. So that's just a little side thing if you ever wanted to try that. For thrush, you can take a teaspoon of baking soda to a cup of boiling water. Let it cool first. (laughs) And then you're going to swab the baby's mouth using a Q-tip after each nursing. And then you're also going to swab yourself so that everything is clean and uh, disinfected that you kill that thrush in between feedings, which is really, really important. Okay, I shared this last week. I'm going to share it again really quickly. Um, I struggled with UTIs for a while, and I ended up coming up with a, a little plan that worked really well. When I started to get one, I instead of using antibiotics, I would use oregano D-mannose, which you can get at GNC, um, you can order from Amazon. Lots of vitamin C, again, a very helpful vitamin. So, um, I'd used grapefruit, grapefruit seed extract from GSE several times, but I've since read that the jury's kind of out on whether that's more toxic than it is good. So I just sort of leave it down to oregano, D-mannose, and vitamin C. Now, if you're struggling with it on an ongoing basis, this would be something, a protocol you you could use for a, mo- a couple of months just to strengthen everything and build your immunity to having UTIs and getting UTIs. Mastitis. Shared this also in the last um, Facebook Live, but I will share it again because it can be brutal. Um, rest as much as possible, lots and lots of water. And that's the other thing you want lots of whenever you, with colds as well, tons and tons of liquid will help, uh, thin the mucus so that kids aren't so congested. Um, heating pad. This is for mastitis. Nurse often, it can be really hard. You can, you need to massage it while you're nursing to try to, you know, break loose some of that um, tender, hard, that hard area. It can be kind of painful at first, but the more you do it, the more things kind of let loose. I use an echinacea capsule for every 10 pounds of body weight per day. 
um, 2,000 milligrams of vitamin C literally every two hours at the onset and one clove of garlic every two hours. And I did that for sure for the first day, sometimes two days. And it worked just as fast as the one time that I took antibiotics. And you know what? When I started using this protocol, I never got mastitis again because what you want to do, antibiotics can be super helpful. They can be a lifesaver. But if, if you can avoid them, one, you're going to preserve your gut, um, your gut flora and, and your digestion. And the other thing is that you are going to help your body build its own immunities to that particular thing. And this is why using home remedies and vitamins and minerals to feed the body so that it can fight the illness off. That is how your immune system gets strong. So we're wanting to encourage the body to do what it already wants to do. We just want to equip it to do the job that God gave it to do. Um, Fevers. Fevers can be very scary, but it's important to understand that fevers serve a purpose. Um, They really... The body heats up in order to kill the virus or the bacteria that is trying to take over. So it's important that heat will help kill that virus and actually, or that bacterial infection, and it will actually help shorten the life of it. So what I would do is typically let my kids fever run its course during the day, of course, monitoring it, making sure it wasn't jumping into the 104 range, okay? I was pretty okay with the 102, even 103, but obviously keeping a very close eye on them. But it typically didn't run that high during the day. Fevers tend to spike in the evening and at night. So what I would do is let that fever run its sort of like you know, average temperature during the day, maybe, you know, between 100 and 102. And I would let it run its course. And then I would, um, unless they were having a hard time sleeping or they were really uncomfortable and they just seemed like they needed to rest, but they couldn't, then I would go ahead and use Tylenol for them to go ahead and get some sleep. So, you know, it's really just always a balance. It's listening to your your mom instinct, kind of knowing your child. Um, Actually, we use Tylenol to start with, and then eventually we found out that it depletes your, uh, I think it's called glutathione, and so we have to be really careful, especially for those of us with MTHFR. If you have it, your kids probably do too, and Tylenol isn't your best option. Ibuprofen would be your best option, so you kind of need to sort of ferret out what's best for you and for your kids. But um, I wanted my kids to sleep at night because I knew sleep was really important for them to get better. But if they were sleeping and napping okay during the day without um, a pain reducer or a fever reducer, I would let them do that. Um, so it's it's always just, it's, it's a really a nursing situation. You definitely have to be paying attention and sort of um, just... Like I said, you've got to nurse them back to health, but it's so worth it because their bodies learn to fight things off. And that is what we want. We want to build our kids' immune systems. Now, I am just now starting to learn more about homeopathy. Um, I recently have used that for colds. There's um, one that's called, I think it's called cold care. And how it works, you can order it from Amazon, is you take two tablets under the tongue every 15 minutes for the first hour at the onset of a cold, 
And then you take it three times a day after that till your cold is gone. And I have seen the life of the cold be shortened tremendously, like within a day, it was over a day or two, um, maybe three. And it was, and also my symptoms were minimized. So there's a lot about homeopathy I don't know yet, but that's a very interesting um interesting uh, alternative medicine that I'm starting to learn about. I had a friend, uh, Melissa, who who is um, trained in homeopathy. She was on my podcast uh, recently where we talked about... Um, uh, way, uh, let's see, we talked about um, basically practicing natural family health. So that that podcast is on um, as well as you'd like, if you'd like to listen to it, because there's a lot of helpful information on that as well. So, okay, so obviously um, this wasn't an exhaustive research, but um, I do want to encourage you one thing that I have recently discovered that I love. I'm always learning new things. So that's the great thing about um, about this journey is you're always learning something new. But those are the basics of what we would use. But one thing I've discovered recently that has been super helpful, when I had a UTI that just kept trying to come back, um, and I would go back to my D-Manos and all that, and then I would go off of it, and I would just feel like it was coming back again, I finally went to colloidal silver. Now, this is not something I like to use quickly because it's very, very powerful, and you really want to encourage. Your body has sort of a delicate... um, balance when it comes to fighting things off on its own and giving it too much too soon um, can throw that balance off. But when you're clearly fighting something that just isn't going away, you can't seem to get rid of it. Colloidal silver is one of these, it is stronger than an antibiotic. And that really proved to be true. I'd been struggling off and on for a while with this UTI. As I was doing a detox, and I think that's really where it sort of came out was in that area. So finally, I took colloidal silver for, I think, about two days, a couple of times a day. I happened to have a doctor's appointment. I went in, and I had them check just to be sure that I didn't have one. And and my urine was clear. They said, you don't have an infection. You're totally fine. Clearly, that colloidal silver works. So if you've got something going on that you cannot seem to shake before you go get antibiotics for it, use colloidal silver. It is super helpful. You can use it with kids as well. You just have to kind of look up what the dosage needs to be for them. But it's... um, safe and it's uh, very effective. Lastly, one of my favorite resources when I was a young mom that really influenced and encouraged me to really take control of my family's health was a book called Raising a Healthy Child in Spite of Your Doctor. So that was um, that's by Dr. Robert Mendelson. He's passed away a long, a long time since then. But he had, he really gave me the courage to um, learn to tune into my mom instincts when it came to my family's health and encourage me to research, encourage me to um, become more knowledgeable about that. So I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Um, Your family's health is so worth it. Moms, thanks so much for being here today. My hope and prayer is that at least some of this will be helpful to you and be an encouragement in your family's health journey. 
Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this time together. We thank you for all that there is to learn about your creation and how you made our bodies to work and the best ways that we can equip our own bodies and the bodies of our families to fight off things that come along. We thank you for giving us the ability to be able to do that. I pray for every mom listening that she would just move forward with the things that you are affirming in her heart and not be overwhelmed by information or feeling like she has to do more than you are asking her to do right now, God. So I just pray for peace. I pray for wisdom. I pray for clarity of heart and mind. And God, I pray your blessing of health over each and every family here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.